My name is Donald J. Trump, and I never listen to. I doubt it's worth dollars more. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us for this episode 337 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, that lady who sometimes has a hard time getting places, but not of her own accord or problem or issue. <laughs> My co-host, Brittany Page. Yes, I, I had a little bit of a, a problem yesterday. <laughs> a problem. And I think that's an understatement. But I, I left... Very much in advance because I wanted to get to where I was going on time. I was going to USC for something and I was on my way there and all of a sudden I realized there's a sports thing happening, some sort of sports activity, many sports (laughs) jerseys. I think the LA Rams, because they don't have a stadium yet, are playing in the Coliseum where the USC Trojans play, the college football team. I think that's the deal. Yeah, there were some Rams sports some Rams. jerseys. Lots of Rams yeah, around. Yeah, And <laughs> <laughs> so every street that my GPS was telling me to go on to get to where I needed to go was closed. It was, I could not get there. So I turn also, around. also, you don't know the area at all. Yeah, I don't know the area at all. I'm terrified to park anywhere unless I can clearly understand the sign, which is... Almost impossible. New York and L.A. share that in common. Yeah. Where I'm, they try to befuddle you yes. with no parking between this 15-minute period and this 15-minute period on Wednesdays and Thursdays, but not six, not not Saturdays it's, between this and this. It's a sick little game. Yeah. They want to tow as many cars as possible. Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> and it's so, a racket. Yeah. It is a racket. So I turn around and drop the car off with you. That's right. Because you're visiting friends, and you so generously helped me out so I could take a <laughs> lift. But really, maybe this is your fault, because then I took the lift... And this, you're under the gun. You've wasted time. Yeah. Your thing starts at five. Yeah. And now it's like four fifty. Okay. The first text I got with you having an alarm about was four thirty five. Yeah. So you had twenty five minutes to go. Right. I said, just get your ass back here. Drop the car off with me and lift back. So I got in the lift and this guy starts asking me where to go. And I'm. I'm sitting there thinking, okay. I, That's not how this works. Yeah, I put the address <laughs> in the app. We have technology. Just follow the directions that the app is giving you. I yeah. don't know where to go. Yeah. And so we get closer to USC, and there's people dressed up giving people directions because of the sports. And Be- Because of the sports, everybody. <laughs> and um, he asks one person. That person is not helpful. He asks a second person. That person is not helpful. He asks a third person. So he's driving along, stopping, asking. Yes. Driving along, stopping yes. and asking. Right. And this third person isn't helpful, but they call over their supervisor. Ah, the supervisor. And at this point, I'm like, this is insane. 
so I start recording because one, I want to prove, I wanted to prove that I wasn't joking about what a disaster it was trying to get here. You didn't want to be gaslighted later. Yes. And so (laughs) I recorded this video and it starts with the supervisor walking up to the car to give my Lyft driver directions. What's the hall? Taper. Taper hall. Taper hall, you turn back around and the stop sign, you're gonna you're gonna go all the way you're gonna go all the way down past the stop. Can I can I interject here? Stop this. Yeah. Right away <laughs> I'm unhappy with this guy. <laughs> with the lift driver. Yeah, with the lift driver. Because if you are calling someone over, you beckon someone over to your car. Yeah. For them to Neil, I've watched the video. He kind of kneels down and like he's giving, he's kind of poking his head in there to help out. Yeah. You turn the fucking radio down so you can have a conversation with another person who is endeavoring to help you. That guy's not doing this. He wanted some music to lighten the mood. (laughs) Yeah. It just, it creates a nice ambiance. Yes. In the, in the car. Uh Uh-huh. Sign past the football field. And right before you exit down that street, um, on 34th, you're going to make a right. You go all the way down. Is it easier to walk here from there? Or? <laughs> well, I mean, if you're driving, I mean, it's... Is, it, is it a close walk? Because what I'm looking at the map and... I mean, you're in a car. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm a Lyft driver. She wants to go. I don't know this campus anymore. Okay, I'm directing yeah. you to... And I don't understand what you just told me. Go past the football field. Okay, well, don't you have a phone there? Can't you yeah, here, I'll show you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm trying to direct you. So so even the supervisor <laughs> is unhappy with this guy because you can tell, I mean, he says twice about me walking. So he clearly wants me to get out of the car and walk. And we'll, we'll listen to that in a second. But the supervisor, he's telling the guy, listen, I'm telling you how to get there. You're in a car. Just drive. Yeah, well, the guy... I think what this driver's trying to do is 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 this well you say drive past the football stadium blah, 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 blah. but if you listen to the to the direction giver to the supervisor guy he's saying take 35th you're going to go all the way down he's mm-hmm. giving him rights and lefts and street numbers right and then when you get down there there's there's no avoiding the fucking football stadium it's a football stadium. Yeah. It's not like, oh, yeah, you go past the old Johnson's burnout barn, and then there's the tree. <laughs> He's not giving vague directions. Yeah. It's a football stadium. hmm Well, things kind of took a turn here. Because, uh, you know, when you expand a map, you I'll just walk. I'll just I'll walk. To I'm going to go walk. <laughs> Time to walk. <laughs> So you want to tell me the directions because yes, I'll understand what you're saying. Yeah, closest, closest way just uh, where the stop sign is. Okay. And you hear his car driving. Okay. All the way down, you're going to pass the football field. Okay. You're gonna pass, so you're gonna pass I ended up field. apologizing to the supervisor on behalf of my Lyft driver. I said, sorry about that dick. Um, <laughs> and he was like, you know, listen, a lot of Lyft drivers get really frustrated around here. And I, I guess. It was a longer than 10 minute walk for you, though. Yeah, it was. Um. It was. <laughs> what in the fuck is the purpose of taking a lift to around your location when you're already late? Ah, this pisses me off. Well, yeah, I, we've already talked about this, and I, it pisses me off still. Well, 
things happen. It's fine. Um, it I, is not fine. I thought it was more funny than anything else. And that's why I started recording because it, it started to get so ridiculous. I mean, it, and I was looking cause I, you can see the directions on your phone t- on your phone. When you're in a lift, you can watch the directions. Yes. And he was driving the opposite way. And I, I, I was just so confused by why he wasn't following yeah. the directions. And so I think what happened was he just wanted to get to the campus and then drop me off. It didn't matter where it was. He just wanted to get there and drop me off. So this was kind of a surreptitious way to get me out of the car. Yeah. You know, um, I've asked multiple times uh, for directions. I can't figure it out. Now I'm hinting isn't close enough to walk. You know, that's not even a hint. That's that's a big fuck you. That's seriously. Well, is it cl- can she is it close enough to walk? I know I'm being paid to drive her there. It's not in some weird area where it's not accessible by automobile. Right. You weren't asking to be driven into the middle of the football field where a car <laughs> can't go. Yeah. And he's well, can can she walk there? You're not I'm not paying you to have me walk there. I, God damn, I, I don't know. So Lyft needs to get their shit together about this kind of thing. So I gave him five stars and a twenty dollar tip. No, and- you did not. <laughs> I would, I, I would be giving you a one star had you given him. <laughs> I I don't think that's possible. But oh, um, in my mind, I'm giving everybody Lyft ratings oh, okay. throughout my day. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was a fun experience. And I, th- I think part of it is USC students get free rides. And um, part of the Lyft issue, I was talking to another Lyft driver about this because I got in another Lyft at the end of the day. And he asked me if I had a coupon, if I was using a coupon. <laughs> I said no. And then he asked if I was a USC student. I said no. And he said, oh, good, because they get free rides and that's not good for me. And I said, oh, okay. That's Listen, Lyft drivers don't work for free. It might be free relative to the company, the corporation, but the Lyft driver isn't working for free. Well, he said that USC students will call and get a ride for 0.2 miles. (laughs) And they'll get in and he'll see how far they're going. And it's, you know, across the street or whatever. And he says, "Uh, you, you know, it's, this is like a really short ride. And it's they, also a very shitty neighborhood where people get murdered. And they say, yeah, all the time. yeah, I get free rides. <laughs> so he he's kind of contemptuous. They might feel just animosity whenever they are at USC for these reasons. So I don't know. Well, it's a bummer job to choose to have if you're going to be a dick in the course of your duties while doing the job <laughs> you've chosen to do. I don't know why I feel like we're debating this because I'm the one who was in the traumatic situation of getting kicked out of my lift. And car. you were late. <laughs> and, and, you know, effectively you were kicked out. Yeah. It was either be late, later than you were, would have been, or, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, at least you had an adventure. That is all that really matters. Adventures with Lyft and Uber. All right, let's move on. We got a couple voicemails to get to about our last episode. And let's begin 
with uh, someone in the middle of Hurricane Irma. Hey guys, it's Gene from Bonita Springs, Florida, right in the middle of Hurricane Irma. Uh, things are going crazy over here. You know, I wonder if this will be a wake-up call for the government and the world that, you know, climate change is real. Because we're going through this and we're expected about 9 to 12 foot storm surges. Uh, things are going to be crazy. Don't know how well we're going to do. Hopefully, you know, I'm still here to uh, listen to you guys and, uh, you know, keep moving the conversation forward. Uh, you guys have a great day and uh, both of you guys are the best part. Stay safe. We normally do stay safe. Except when Britney's getting dropped off in the middle of murderous areas of L.A. <laughs> um, I listen, Gene. I, I I don't I don't have any optimism that this particular administration or whatever the next is, if uh, it's a replacement administration for Donald Trump when he gets removed early. I, I don't have any any confidence whatsoever that there's going to be some kind of a. a Adherence to reason relative to the effects of climate change or these insane storms that are happening. And it's bizarre, scary times. I hope that you, you weathered the storm well. It seems like everybody weathered. There are millions of people right now without power, I saw this morning, and uh, devastating. I did go out and I found a little clip from NBC about why so many major hurricanes right now are happening in this particular 2017 hurricane season. Two history-making hurricanes making landfall in two weeks. This is already one of the most devastating hurricane seasons ever. This year is we have ideal atmospheric conditions to essentially lead to the formation of hurricanes. Professor Oscar Schofield studies the oceans and says hurricanes are fueled by a combination of two ingredients, water and heat. This year, he says, the ocean is really warm. And that warmth is essentially the fuel can for the hurricane. Couple that warm water with lots of moisture in the air and conditions in the Atlantic are near perfect. Another key factor this year, lack of wind shear that can cut through and break up the layers of a hurricane. Without it, hurricanes like Irma intensify. And what about the question on just about everyone's mind? We can't say that climate change and man-made effects caused Irma. But he says they are contributing to a trend. The ocean is going to continue to warm. Um, and the predictions from a lot of the climate scientists are that we're going to get more and more of these extreme events. Including more, quite possibly, before this hurricane season is over. It's going to take months for the ocean to cool, and so we're likely to continue to see storms. Just as Irma takes aim at Florida. Dylan Dreyer, NBC News, Miami. And that's something to really uh, listen to. That they can't, they can't say for certain, 100% with scientific accuracy, that this was caused by global warming, by climate change, by the heating of the planet. But they know the conditions that make it ripe for that kind of an epic storm. And 
what they've been predicting for a for a decade or longer about these types of storms happening based on an increase in a global temperature rise is happening and now we have two storms back to back that are you know once in 500 year storms once in 100 year storms when you look at the map of the, the just the sheer size the entire there's not one square foot of Florida soil that wasn't dramatically affected by Hurricane Irma. That's how goddamn big it was. Yeah, I think I think back on when I was younger and how I used to think of the weather forecast as something you could never trust and basically just BS. Yeah. <laughs> but these these forecasts for where the hurricane was going to go were accurate days in advance. Yeah. I, I was so impressed with the ability to predict both the intensity of the storm and exactly where it was going to go. And I know that it's science. They're getting be- well, they're getting <laughs> so better. So I, I and shouldn't better. be surprised. Yeah. But I still have parts of my dumb kid brain that think of <laughs> weathermen is not having having it together. And I'm trying to reconcile that with how it's actually science. So, well, I think there's a difference between your your local KIVI Channel Six weatherman in Boise, Idaho, and meteorologists who work for major networks or like the Weather Channel or NOAA, you know, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Yeah. Meteorologists and climatologists are a little different than Gary, the weatherman at your local your local affiliate. Well, yeah, and I, I'm probably using Dallas Rains to uh, represent all of them. Why did you have and to ruin my day with all, the Dallas Rains mem- mention? All he has to do is raise his fist and say, "Sunny today, tonight at eleven, warm, <laughs> clear skies." That guy works in a major. I mean, come on, Dallas. <laughs> Dallas Rains is like the L.A. weatherman mm-hmm. who's like five foot two. And raises his fist up and ah. Oh, why? Just, why do you have to? I'm just giving a picture of who he is. I don't think he's five foot two. I no, do, I do not think that is accurate at all. He looks little on the TV. Okay, now we're having some problems. <laughs> he looks a little on the TV. Well, it's a joke because the TV is small, so he, it's not real size. Okay, I thought you were being it's serious. Fun size, yeah. like Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. Fun size. Got it. Dallas Reigns, the bite-sized weatherman, everybody. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, bizarre. But like I was saying, the models are getting they're getting more accurate. And also, there's so many models, they can average all of their findings together to get a more accurate representation. Looks like in politics, the poll of polls. Yeah. You pull all the information together, you get a more accurate idea well and it also it saves lives these predictions for sure because they are able to say uh get out because this is coming and it's going to be this bad and this is where it's going to hit unless you live in on a little tiny island like puerto rico or barbuda Mm -hmm. where nowhere to run which is tragic yeah all right Thank you, Gene, for the voicemail. We appreciate it very much. Let's move on to our discussion about the Bernie voters who turned to Trump. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. It's Casey from Alabama. Um, I'm quite in the middle of listening to the show. I just 
got to where you guys stopped talking about the Bernie voters vote for Trump. Um, I quit cooking dinner to step away and say something before I forgot it. Um, I know some Bernie voters who, who voted Trump because of their hatred for Hillary. Now, I never understood it. I stayed home. Um, I'm a registered voter in the state of Kentucky. I never switched my registration up when I moved down to Alabama. Um, plan on doing that this election because I really shit the bed by not showing up and voting for Hillary at least. And I, I'm not a fan of Hillary. Uh, that's mainly why I did stay home. Is there was nobody that I would have voted for on that list. But that's, again, not what calls about. Calls about people who voted on the extreme end of the spectrum. I'm going to have to agree the kind of dicks, um, especially the ones that I know. I'm like, dude, how can you go from Bernie Sanders to Donald fucking Trump? They're the exact opposite of each other. You know, yes, they both say what's on their mind and don't give a shit what anybody thinks, but they represent two totally different ideas. One is for the people, and one is for his rich cocksucker buddies going down playing golf in fucking Mar-a-Lago. I... I I'm right there with you, Jesse. I don't really understand the, the 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 meaning behind what they did. They just said, "Hey, you know, we were we were willing to vote for Bernie, so let's just burn this whole bitch down. If this is the way our country's going, maybe we need a hard reset." And it just blows my mind. And that's not—they're not just you know by themselves in that opinion. There's several, uh, probably thousands that share the same idea. They don't get what they want. Just burn the whole bitch down. They're like children. They're even worse than these fucking Donald Trump people. These fucking alt right sons of bitches. They're just they're the same. These people voted for Donald Trump because they are cut from the same cloth as these fucking uh, all these guys who actually just was with Trump from the beginning. They just saw benefits in what Bernie was talking about. They heard legal weed. Ooh, let's get on the Bernie train. And then once Bernie's gone, well, fuck that, I ain't voting for Hillary, and they go to Trump. They're a bunch of fucking pussies, a bunch of goddamn petulant children. And that's just the way that goes. Um, that rant, yeah, I'm sorry, rant over. I get, uh, get back to cooking dinner. Um, love the show, man. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. You are great. I, I've got, you know, I show y'all to people all the time. And- Thank you, Casey. We appreciate that. Um... Listen, let me kind of clarify. We, we got some pushback. Should we read the email first? Yes. Let's read the email, and then we'll talk about this as a whole. Thanks for the voicemail, Casey. We appreciate it very much. This is from Joel. Joel. I'm writing in response to episode 336, where you two were discussing the 2016 voter turnout of Sanders supporters. You mentioned that they did not back the Democratic candidate and instead voted for Trump. I am surprised the NPR info did not include third-party voters, those that abstained, or those that left the top of the ticket blank. I know you only discussed the first mentioned, but either way, the tally is looked at. There were a lot of us in the other categories as well. In the episode, Jesse called the Sanders to Trump converts dicks. I did not hear a lot of defense for these people from Brittany P. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I wanted you to give... I wanted to give you guys some ideas on why I think Sanders supporters would not or will not ever support the Democratic Party again. 
Many Sanders supporters worked hard running a grassroots small donation campaign to help raise funds and to give attention to a candidate who had populist ideas. We knew he was not the most put together candidate and we knew he had holes in his policies. He believed things could be different and that the establishment could be changed through cooperation. He worked hard to get his message across and did not sit back waiting for the election to be given to him. He did okay in the debate and could have done better, but he was not trying to besmirch the Democratic Party in case he lost. Sanders was not another lie in a suit and tie like Barack Obama and most of the other politicians in the Democratic Party. Obama left office disappointing a lot of those voters that were hoping for better things. But instead, he left office with multiple wars intact, foreign affairs in shambles, American morale in tatters due to racial divides, the deficit inflated, DACA people in a lurch, and health care on life support. It crushed the Sanders supporters' morale when they found out it was wasted time and money participating in a process thought to be fair and unbiased. Then on top of that, the HRC supporters and media started piling on to the Sanders supporters. We were told it was now our duty to drop the attitudes and fall in line behind the Democratic Party leaders. We should know our place and vote for her because our liberal leaders have decided what's best for us peons. We should stop thinking for ourselves, put our mark on the right name, sit down and shut up. We got called whiners, Bernie bros, misogynists, low information voters, sexist. And now, thanks to Jesse D, dicks. We were told that HRC, with all her DNC support, billions in fundraising and media backers now needed our help as, where, as well because she was having trouble holding off an orange, scandal-ridden buffoon. Please, let us doorstops hold the Golden Gates for you as you sashay into the White House and pat yourselves on the ass for winning a good race. Oh, we were told Sanders didn't have a chance and it was still fair. Oh, we didn't cheat to help our candidate win. We didn't have to recycle three DNC stooge leaders and make the rest of the Democratic Party look stupid. She's not that much of a liar when compared to Trump. Her scandals don't even compare when they are overshadowed by Trump's mountain of shit. She doesn't need to get out there and campaign that much. Easy win in the bag. Sanders supporters were berated before, during, and still after the election. Just as how all this race baiting and gender talk has divided the people of the U.S., the DNC drove a wedge into the Democratic Party. Many of us are no longer Democrats, including myself. Good luck in the future, and I still like listening to your show. I hate writing out these long-form letters, and this is going on for too long. If you ever want to talk to someone who doesn't agree, drop me a line. All right. So next time, voice memo. Yeah, a lot there. Listen, um, I wasn't calling all Bernie Sanders voters dicks, first of all. I hope that wasn't what people took away. But oftentimes, people hear what they think they hear or what they want to think they heard. I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary. The other thing is, I was speaking about Bernie Sanders voters who ended up voting for Donald Trump. And specifically, Bernie Sanders voters who ended up voting for Donald Trump in swing states where it mattered. I said the same thing about those voters, Bernie Sanders to Trump voters, as I did about swing state third party voters leading up to and in the aftermath of this last election. We lost listeners after the election when I said, if you're a third party, if you voted for Gary Johnson, 
and you live in Pennsylvania or Wisconsin or Michigan or any of those other states that were projected to go against Donald Trump, if you voted for a third party, whether it be Jill Stein or Gary Johnson, I said, fuck you. You have this on your hands. You're responsible. In a swing state. In a swing state. And I feel the same way about these Bernie voters. Because you're not voting for Bernie because of a deep ideological love for your country and you want things to be better if you flipped on a dime and voted for Trump. If it's because of all this effort, this grassroots campaigning you did for Bernie, and then you don't get your way, and the DNC treats you unfairly, and they did. Debbie Washerman Schultz is terrible. The system with the superdelegates is terrible. But let's not kid ourselves. Bernie Sanders was never a Democrat. He's, even now, he's not Democrat Bernie Sanders. He's independent Bernie Sanders. So you can be mad, but if you voted... And I, you know what? I'm, I'll pull back the stop. I'll pull back the the uh, the clarification of the swing state. If you were a Bernie Sanders voter who ended up voting for Donald Trump, you are a dick. I will say it again. Well, and I think, well, Joel. I don't think Joel called me out for not defending, and. I don't know what kind of defense I'm supposed to offer because these these people in these swing states, they voted for Donald Trump and we have Donald Trump as president now and right. all of this stuff is happening because Donald Trump is president now and 538 has this interesting article where it's like an alternative universe and Hillary Clinton is president <laughs> <laughs> and... It's like, welcome to the alternative universe where Hillary Clinton is president. <laughs> Let's talk about what might be happening if she were president. Yeah. And imagine that. What might be happening if she was president. I could tell you a few things that wouldn't be happening. Exactly. Joel mentioned DACA. I can guarantee goddamn you those, those adults and children wouldn't be in fear of deportation right now, being sent back to a country that they have no memory of. That would not be happening right now. Yeah, I don't remember how you phrased it, but about a minute and a half ago, whatever you said was very eloquent. Wow. <laughs> about the, if you're going in there to vote you, on principle and for the person that most aligns with your view of how the country should be run. Yeah. And that person was Bernie Sanders. And then you vote for Donald Trump. I, I'm not sure how I can reconcile those things because... They're so opposite. Yeah, yeah. So how do you say, I was supporting Sanders because of my values and my principles, and this is the direction I want the country to go, and then you turn around and vote for Trump? Well, you're not voting based on values and principles. You're voting for some other reason, because then you would choose, right, the yeah. next best option, even if you hate her. Well, it's, it's like this. Well, listen, I was planning on having dinner at the at the vegetarian restaurant, 
But they were closed when we got there, so we went to the chemical fucking factory and drank bleach. No. Nope. And here, here's the other thing, and I don't want to go too long on this, but this entire lesser of two evils thing, well, I, I couldn't bring myself to vote for Clinton because, you're, listen, let me tell you something. Hillary Clinton was a terrible candidate. I held my nose and voted for Hillary Clinton. Early in the race, I didn't want to give her personally the satisfaction of winning and being president of the United States. But you know who I didn't want to give the satisfaction to more? Donald Trump. Who's worse? We're picking of the choices we have, of the viable choices that we have, who have a chance at winning. Who is going to be the best choice? Not your neighbor, Gary, because he doesn't have a choice. He might be a great president, but he doesn't have a chance. It was Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. Those were the options. If you voted third party, your vote went to Donald Trump if you lived in a swing state. That's I, I, this, this is where... Well, and I think the other issue is people were frustrated that there wasn't enough talk last time on the last episode about the problems with the DNC and I the problems with, with Hillary. Yeah. And that, well, that's what I'm saying that that is all true. And just because there was a conversation about doesn't Bernie, justify a Trump vote about Bernie to Trump voters, something that sometimes happens on the podcast is we'll get an email about something we discussed and someone will say, you didn't talk about X, Y, and Z when you talked about this subject. Listen, it's really difficult to, (laughs) when you talk about a subject, talk about every tiny, minute detail that is related to that subject in order to make it a full (laughs) conversation. We, we choose topics, like three or four topics, and we talk about them for an hour. So getting into every little nook and cranny is sometimes not possible. So yes, all these DNC concerns, all the concerns with Hillary Clinton, completely valid. But there's Absolutely. an important conversation to be had about people who supported Bernie Sanders and then ended up voting for Donald Trump in swing states where their vote really mattered. That's an important conversation to have. And Joel said, well, why didn't this article talk about people who just didn't vote or people who voted for third party? Because there's something unique about a Bernie Sanders supporter who then went on to vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. That is a very odd. The vegetarian who drank bleach. It's a very odd situation. So that's why that was highlighted. For sure. As always, though, we would love to hear your thoughts. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo of fewer than two minutes to idoubtit at dollamore.com. One more thing. So this email is from Kim Jong Orangina, and they say, (laughs) Hi, Jesse and Brittany. I love your show and can't get enough of it. I was instantly hooked when I listened to the bonus episode where Jesse and Adam G. Simon were talking about that ship brain, paranoid, basement dwelling, Blue pill popping, lipsy, walking Looney Tune, and orange ball licking fucktard, Mike Cernovich. Mike Cernovich. In order to satisfy my need for a daily fix, I had to scroll as far down in the podcast feed as possible. I can only go as far back as 260, but Tales of Britney's 9 a.m. dick pic turned out to be a great place to start. 
Keep up the good work. I wish you both well and continued success. You both are a much needed source of sanity and laughter in this WTF is happening world we now find ourselves in. Love you guys. You know who is the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. So what a good memory to bring back. The 9 a.m. dick pic. Also, uh, <laughs> for back catalog, it might not be available in your podcatcher, but you can go to the website, dollamore.com, and everything in all of its shitty glory, going back to episode one, is yeah. there. Yeah. So, let's, can we talk about something? Have you seen, I know I'm asking a question I know the answer to, has everybody out there seen the, the video of the black fella being pulled over by the cop? And giving the cop a ration of shit. Brittany turned me on to this. And... I've watched it like six times. It is... One, I think the guy's pretty brave. But it is remarkable. Here it is in all of its full glory. With nobody behind me. Big fucking crime, right? Big crime. A crime enough for you to come with your fucking gun pulled out. Right? (laughs) Right? That, that's big enough of a... A turn signal not made is a big enough of a crime for you to feel like you need to take out your service pistol. Right? Okay. Right? Okay. Right? Okay. That's what's up. <laughs> Probably see yourself on the internet. Fucking prick shit. That's prick shit, bro. That's your favorite part for some reason. It is my favorite part. Yeah. That's some prick shit, bruh. I love that. Yeah. And we're going to continue and play this. But I, if you haven't seen the video, you've got a cop here. Who's, right. He, this guy's still in his car, still in the driver's seat. Yeah. And you've got a cop standing there with a straight look on his face. And he just keeps saying, okay. And he is, you can tell he's like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm being filmed. I can either act like an asshole right. and make this even worse or just sit here and be try to be as calm as possible. Yeah. Well, this guy kind of processes the events that have taken place. Yeah, which is, a, well, we'll get to it, but this is a problem. Why do you have his gun out? That's prick shit. You see, if you just came to the car and did your regular routine, I would have had no issue. I turned around to a fucking gun pointed in my face. Do, do you feel empowered now that you point you pointed your gun at me? Do you feel empowered? You feel empowered, don't you? Right? What happened? They fucked you up in school. They used to beat you up. You didn't get pussy in school. What made you feel bold to do that? I don't. I don't. And I know it's an individual. Not every cop is fucked up. But when I hear something fucked up happen to a cop, I be like, eh, he probably had it fucking coming. Oh, Jesus. Because the motherfuckers like you. Good cops get fucked up raps because of people like you. You came to the car with your gun out. For what? Do you have no conscience of... You don't see what the fuck going on on TV? You But you don't give a fuck, right? Because I just would have been another dead black motherfucker, right? And you just would have went about your business, right? 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 That, let's keep it real. Let's keep it 100. I have no issue if you could just... Just be honest, right? You just would have been like... A mistake happened. Right? You'd have been there to just wake up the next day and not lose a drop of motherfucking sleep. But I'd have had three fucking kids. Three kids with no dad. Dad a criminal? Nope. 
Dad a thug? Nope. Dad shot dead by a cop. Made a mistake. Because you want to come with your gun drawn. You got kids and a wife? Don't you want to make it to your fucking kids and wife? That is brutally honest. That is the real deal right there. I have a wife and kids at home. Am I a thug? No. Am I a criminal? No. But now I'm dead because a cop made a mistake. And by all accounts, that mistake-making cop, as was with Yanez in the Philando Castile case, acquitted of charges. Let off the hook. Well, cops have a tough job. We have to give them the leeway to gun down innocent citizens in the fucking street. I understand this guy's anger and frustration. And I've never faced this kind of thing. I can't imagine being in this situation, constantly being profiled, constantly being fucked with, having guns drawn because you didn't use a turn signal. If I was, I can't imagine how I'd be reacting if that was the case. I would like to know how this ended, and I've tried to find it, and I, I can't figure it out, but I'm very interested to know how it ended. I appreciate that the cop was yeah. standing there and not escalating the situation and listening. I'm not sure the repetitive okay meant that he was accepting what was being said to him. I love all the skeptics that are coming out after they watch this video saying, well, we didn't see video that he pulled the gun. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that the cop would be just standing there. Those aren't skeptics. Those are morons. I'm sure that the, the cop would just be standing there waiting for him to finish his monologue if he had actually done nothing. He would have said, I didn't pull my gun. What are you talking about? Right, but he the look on his face is... Oh, shit. Yeah, I know that I did something <laughs> here, and I'm trying to figure out what my next step is yeah. because I've... That's I've, exactly what the look on his face is. I've upset this person, and now I don't know what to do. He's searching. He's yeah. also, look, a guy pulls out a camera and starts filming. Uh, you 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 have to think. Yeah. How do I want to appear? Because this is going out on the internet. Yeah, so maybe the tide is turning, and cops are starting to feel pressure when the camera is on to actually behave. Hopefully. And we see videos of cops where the camera's on them and they are not behaving. So some are immune from that pressure. But this guy was. And I hope that more of them are. And it shouldn't take a video recording to get someone in line. But if that's what it takes, then let's let's have these internet videos all the time because... <laughs> I'm a fan. Well, I mean, we, we've had, you know, like Michael Slager in South Carolina with Walter Scott, who got shot in the back and then had a taser planted all on video. And that asshole had got a mistrial. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Video is a critical element, and I'm very thankful for it. What would have made the video better is if he had admitted that he did something wrong and apologized but that admits we know, culpability, though. We know how difficult that is. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. Anyway, uh, that guy, that's our hero of the day. Yeah, we don't really inspiring. have a segment for that. He's inspiring. Pretty great. All right. Well, listen, um, wow, late in the show. Uh, if you are on the fence about supporting the show, pr- helping produce the show, helping move the conversation forward by supporting us on Patreon, please, please do that now. We would. We are really moving forward toward doing a third episode a week and that we really would love to be in a position to do that, to, to be interacting with you guys on a regular basis, three times a week on the podcast. So go to dollamore.com slash Patreon, dollamore.com slash PayPal, or you can buy some shirts and mugs and totes or whatever that's logoed at dollamore.info. Those are all very viable ways to support the show. We love you. We appreciate you. The show's always going to be free, but we rely on a a special percentage of generous benefactors, if you will, to help us. We have a new patron. Brenna. Brenna. Our latest Patreon supporter. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Beautiful support. Awesome. Awesome. It's just, re- it's awesome. Is it awesome? It's so awesome. Pretty awesome. We love it. Dilemocracy. <laughs> <laughs> Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, today is 9 11, and of course, because of the mantra, never forget, like we would ever forget, we're not going to forget. I also want everyone to not forget this little clip of Donald Trump in the hours after 9-11, when asked a question about what kind of damage his building may have, may have uh, received on that hor- horrible harrowing day and he went on to talk about how his building was now the tallest building in that area Uh, you have one of the landmark buildings down in the financial district 40 wall street uh did you have any damage or did you know what's happened down there well it was an amazing phone call i made 40 wall street actually was the second tallest building in downtown manhattan and and it was actually before the world trade center was the tallest and then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest, and now it's the tallest. All he wanted to know... Was if his building had damage. Yeah, did you have any damage, man? How, how are you doing there? What's going on? We want to know kind of the extent of the radius of the impact. And he's fucking rambles on. This tells you about the character of Donald Trump, if anything does. Well, I want to take a moment here to address the what is just obvious, which is the cognitive impairment that is obvious because <laughs> this response is just so different. It's so eloquent compared to I what he you, would say now. You might need to explain the sarcasm that you're using right now. Well, if you haven't listened to the bonus episode with Alan Francis, then you should go do that because that's what I'm referring to. <laughs> but people who say that Donald Trump must be suffering from some sort of cognitive impairment, 
because of the decline in his language ability. Right. And his linguistic skills have declined. No, they have not. Um, I didn't hear anything amazing in that response. This is six. Listen, I went through. I've listened to a lot of Donald Trump interviews over the course of the last couple days right around 9-11 because he couldn't get to a microphone and a camera fast enough during those those first few days. Mm-hmm. And it's the same goddamn Donald Trump. There, there's nothing different 16 years ago than we're seeing today. Well, and what's what's interesting about his response here is he's not running for anything. There's no pressure on him. You know how politicians are asked a question and they, they answer a different question because they don't yeah. want to answer that question. There's no motivation behind being evasive with this question. It's, did your building suffer damage? That's it. That's all. Yeah. And he goes on to talk about how his building is now the tallest building because the World Trade Center has come down. Ugh. He, it, he takes a moment to brag. Yeah. It is the strangest thing that, I mean, but I mean, it's who he is, so it's not that <laughs> strange. Douche chill. Yeah. It is who he is. All right. Well, listen, uh, there is a little bit of a development on the Russia front, on the Robert Mueller front, and we want to talk about that briefly. Because of a report in The Washington Post earlier today that says Robert Mueller and his team have their eyes on interviewing six White House aides, including current and former members of the president's inner circle. White House Special Counsel Ty Cobb, lawyer, told NBC News tonight the White House doesn't comment on Mueller interview requests but it will, quote, continue to be as transparent and cooperative as possible in an effort to see this through to an appropriate resolution. Let's bring in our panel to talk about this tonight. Eli Stokels, White House reporter for The Wall Street Journal, is with us. And Heidi Prisbella, back with a senior political reporter for USA Today. Both of them, we're happy to say, are MSNBC political analysts. Okay, Eli, we showed the, the picture of all of them. We'll show it again. Who are they? Who are these players? And why is this important? Well, I believe if you put the graphic on the screen, all the six are White House staffers or were at some point. And, you know, Hope Hicks up in the upper left, she is the one that I would focus on the most because, well, yes, Reince Priebus was chief of staff, and that's a technically higher position on the food chain. Sean Spicer was press secretary. Don McGahn is the White House counsel. Hope Hicks is by far the closest person to the president, sits right outside the Oval Office. She's always been the sort of conduit to Donald Trump for reporters, for other people trying to deal with him. When he wants to talk to somebody, she helps facilitate that. There is not a lot that goes on in the Oval Office that Hope Hicks is not aware of. And so I think that is the most interesting one. And also, she's someone who's never fallen out of favor with this president in all the time she's worked with him. Spicer, Priebus, others, at times, the president has chosen to sort of freeze them out and not let them in on things. That has never really been the case with Hope Hicks. So, Heidi, uh, you're Robert Mueller. See how I just did that? And what are the questions you want to ask these people? And what is the Post reporting about the, the storylines this means or this might mean he's pursuing? 
Well, there are several nexuses with these aides, but I think one of the most important ones, according to multiple accounts, is that Air Force One ride back from mm -hmm. Europe, where President Trump reportedly directed his aides to craft a misleading statement about the nature of his son's meeting with the Russians and that Russian attorney, Natalia Veselnitskaya. Um, so that is going to be one of the main pressure points here. And to Eli's point, Hope Hicks, by the way, was one of the aides on the plane there, and she was, according to the reporting, one of the aides who was advocating for a more transparent statement. She was overruled. So uh, there were other people that I think were also on the plane there, including Sean Spicer, who may be able to attest to that. And while it is not really illegal to lie to the media, that was a statement that was forced by the media. According to some ethics experts, when you get a multitude of aides who would attest to this effort to kind of mislead and what the calculation was going into it and what the intent was, that could potentially feed into an obstruction case. And, Brian, I actually did go back and look at some of Mueller's previous investigations, and one of them was Enron. Uh, one of his biggest cases was Enron. And if you look at the way that was conducted, the first wave of charges were what? Obstruction of justice. Um, so we do know that this is one of the major arteries that they are pursuing. But there are many other things that these aides may have witnessed that he's going to want to, wit, uh, to, to, to question them on. For example, Don McGahn, the attorney, was the point man uh, to Sally Yates, the former acting AG, who warned the White House that Michael Flynn was compromised, that Michael Flynn was lying to the vice president. Uh, he will want to know, did you relay that information to the president? What was the president's knowledge of that? And why wasn't Flynn fired? And here is why this matters to you. Because this isn't going to be like some Donald Trump presser where he's able to obfuscate and believe me, believe me, excuse me, excuse me. When you sit down with the Justice Department and you're answering questions from a skilled, experienced investigator with subpoena power and the power to prosecute and you're under oath, and there's a risk of prosecution, you're not going to lie. You're not going, you're going to cover your ass, especially if you're a Hope Hicks, especially if you're a Sean Spicer or a Reince Priebus. And even moreover, especially if you're a Don McGahn, who is White House counsel. He's not the president's lawyer. Excuse me, let me rephrase that. He's not Donald Trump's lawyer. He's the lawyer for the White House, for the presidency, mm -hmm. not for the president, for the office. He's the lawyer for the office of president. He's going to tell the truth. They're going to bore down into this and get to what went on. So the fact that they're going to reach out is a good thing because then they're also because if there's conflicting reports because of not telling the whole story or twisting it in a manner that might be supportive to the president they're gonna know you can learn a lot when you talk to multiple people about one specific event and you get different stories and like i've said before oftentimes they're going to be asking questions the answers to which they already know.
This is a good thing. Steps in the right direction. Again, this is going to take some time, but a good thing nonetheless. All right, we're going to wrap with a couple of clips. And I don't, listen, I don't know if you've seen the movie Idiocracy. And I know jokes have been made of it. That we're kind of there. That the unwashed, uneducated, low information voter that put Donald Trump into office has really opened, I think, illuminated a lot of eyes on just what kind of a country we have. I don't know if I can make it through this next clip, so send thoughts and prayers. Send your thoughts and prayers. Kid Rock, in what I can only imagine, because I still have high hopes for our country, is running for Senate. I think it has to be a concert publicity bullshit thing. But he's actually in concerts giving stump speeches that are the height of idiocy. Kid Rock is a fucking moron. Listen to this. All right. Hand wrap. Well, well, what's going on in the world today? It seems the government wants to give everyone health insurance but wants us all to pay. And to be very frank, I really don't have a problem with that. Since God has blessed me and made my pockets fat. But a redistribution of wealth seems more like their plan. And I don't believe that you should save, sacrifice, do things by the book, and then have to take care of some deadbeat milk in the system, lazy ass motherfucking man. Now, the issue of struggling single parents is an issue close to my heart. But read my lips. We should not reward these women who can't even take care of themselves, but keep having kid after fucking kid. Of course we should help them out. I want to sit here and sound like a jerk. But let's help them out with childcare job training and put their goddamn asses to work. And you deadbeat dads who refuse to be a man, who refuse to raise your sons up to be good men, you ghetto glorifiers and gangster wannabes, I say lock all you assholes up and throw away the fucking keys. And if you want to take a knee or sit during our Star Spangled Banner, call me a racist because I'm not PC and think you have to remind me that black lives matter. Nazis fucking bigots and now again the KKK says screw all you assholes, stay the fuck away. It's no secret we're divided and we all should take some blame. We should be ashamed that we all seem scared to call him by his name. So please, almighty Jesus, if you're looking down tonight, 
Please guide us with your wisdom and give us strength to fight. To fight the tyrant evils that lurk here and abroad. And remind us all we are still just one nation under God. Yeah. Yeah. So that was rough. And I'm sorry that we played that. Um, I, I think my favorite part is when he said God blessed him with fat pockets. Yeah. And then like. 10 seconds later, he said that people shouldn't have to save and like make good decisions and then they have to take care of uh, deadbeats. Yeah, it was uh, weird. So that, wait a the minute. Entire part. Did God bless you or did you save and work really hard and and save and make the right decisions? So which which one is it? Well, or, or can those two things exist at the same time i'm kind of confused kid rock is a fucking rich kid he grew up a rich kid his dad owns a lot of car dealerships he he didn't scrimp and save he he was born with a silver spoon right in his asshole oh i just don't understand the this fucking dead beats milking the system and then oh you're struggling struggling single listen i have a soft spot for the for the struggling single parents Kid after fucking kid, motherfuckers. <laughs> what, what is he? Of course we should help them out. Of course we should. Get their lazy asses back to work, motherfuckers. He's taking <laughs> he's taking cues from Donald Trump, who has also been all over the place. And right? then, oh, I hope Jesus is looking down while I'm maligned <laughs> single mothers and the poor. <laughs> fucking socialist redistribution of wealth. Jesus, please bless us. Lord, look down on me. The lovely Kid Rock. Yeah. Oh, my God. Kid Rock for Senate, everybody. Good times. So people go to Kid Rock concerts. Apparently, a lot of people yeah. cheer his... And by the way, that wasn't just like him. Oh, hey, let's turn the music down for a second. I have something to say. They had like a podium. Yeah. It was like a, a mock speech. Was he wearing an American flag? He had an American flag scarf that he draped over mm. the the podium. Because, yes. you know, that's respectful. Yeah. To sweat your greasy, grimy, idiot sweat into the American flag. Yeah. That he loves so much. Well. Single mothers, deadbeat bitches. Okay. Well, that's what your latest video is about, actually, is flag <laughs> is. code. Yeah. And all the conservatives who wear flag shoes and flag bandanas. Yeah. Who, and who walk. They, they bitch and complain about burning the American flag and disrespecting the flag, walking on the flag. And then they have flag shoes that they're walking on. Yeah. Sarah Palin. Yeah. So if you haven't seen that, go watch it. I just uploaded it two hours ago. Yes. And <laughs> and think of Kid Rock and his amazing, amazing speech. Uh, In fact, let's let's just go back to how profound one of his statements were, okay? Think you have to remind me that Black Lives Matter, Nazis, fucking bigots, and now the KKK? I say screw all you assholes. Stay the fuck away. Wow. <laughs> it's just profound. I need like some God bless America. I I wanted you to say it again. Oh. <laughs> I was not getting that. I just thought you were wanting to hum a nice little I, tune. I like humming some tunes yeah. sometimes. I yeah. think the audience really enjoys. It was a treat. When I hum patriotism into their ear holes. Yeah, it made me feel relaxed after hearing the horrible speech. 
to keep doing it, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was great. I feel very patriotic right now. I can tell. It's because you listen to that speech. Don't disrespect the flag, bitch. <laughs> Kid Rock. Oh, my God. All right. With that note. It's horrifying. <laughs> We are going to leave you guys. We love you. Thank you for joining us for this 337th numbered episode of the big program. You guys are awesome. We do this for you. And if it weren't for you, we wouldn't be able to do this. Thank you. We will see you next time. For the lovely and talented Brittany Page, I am the lesser talented Jesse Dollimore. And this has been... I doubt it. Try see yourself on the internet. Fucking prick shit. That's prick shit, bruh. That's prick shit. <laughs>